When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, as always, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and the rest of the Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2021. And we're, and we're back there now, 6 5 and 1, and of course, 2021 and beyond. Uh, and, you know, I think things are really starting to hot up when it comes to the draft and who, who will the Steelers pick? You know, we've seen Kenny Pickett over in the Pittsburgh Panthers, whether you're a fan of him or you're not. You know, they came away with that ACC title this week, uh, beating out Wake Forest there. Who And I previewed their quarterback before on this show as well, Sam Hartman. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are in on, can, will they get Kenny Pickett? Uh, but we got to focus on 2021 and this season, whether it's Ben's last ride or it's not. And, you know, as this show always likes to do, we're going to look at the rookies uh, and their performances in this last game against the Baltimore Ravens, that awesome win um, right at the death there. 2019 over Baltimore, 6-5-1, and one, uh, you know, helps us progress in the division as well, gives us a divisional win, uh, really important down the stretch, makes it, takes the pressure off a little bit, um, but we still got to beat the Browns and we still got to beat Baltimore at home in uh, week 17, I think, to, you know, really, you know, to put some pressure on this AFC North title, but perhaps we're one step closer now to the 17th seed uh, there. So, look, We'll also preview the Minnesota Vikings uh, and their rookies and how they're going this season because, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are a team that, you know, you sit there and you look at their record of five and seven and it could be very different. You know, it could be really very different. And, you know, Kirk Cousins is having a, a really decent season. Uh, when you look at his interception to touchdown ratio as well, one might even call it an MVP level season. Uh, uh, there with, you know, his 25 TDs to three interceptions. I mean, it's incredible. Um, he's, you know, 1% off a 70, 1 or so percent off a 70% completion rate. That's pretty incredible uh, for someone that's attempted over 400, almost 450 passes on the season so far. He's thrown for 3,353 yards. So, you know, they're a really interesting matchup this week for the Pittsburgh Steelers and one that we've really got to watch. Um, but surprising there as well that they dropped that game against Detroit for Detroit's first win of the season. When you think they beat Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers a couple of weeks ago, uh, they beat the Chargers who beat us. 
Um, you know, they have beaten Detroit once already this season. They beat Seattle as well uh, a lot more convincingly than we did by 13 points there. So, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting matchup for the Steelers. And, and I sort of floated around in the offseason about whether they were going to lose this game. It is a way to Minnesota. I think they're going to get the win, uh, but we're going to, we can talk about that in a, in a little bit. But yeah, I think the Steelers will get a win. I think we're starting to really patch things up now. I think the Steelers are ready to make a bit of a run. But it's, it's at the same time, it's each game at a time. So let's look at the Steelers rookies from last week and their performance. So with the Steelers last week, you know, Lamar Jackson was someone that we were really able to contain. Uh, but I think on the offensive side of the football, Najee Harris is 21 attempts, 71 yards, a long of 13 on the day, uh, five targets receiving for five receptions, 100% catch rate there, uh, 36 yards, a long of 18. He was terrific down the stretch. And isn't it great to have a, you know, a proper rushing offense? I mean, Benny Snell helped him out with a couple of key runs down the stretch, but Najee was just terrific. And then that speaks to the much more positive play of the O-line, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on. But, you know, incredible performance from Najee. Pat Freeman backed it up, uh, three receptions, four targets for 26 yards uh, there with a long of 17 on the day. That was pretty important, I think, really, when you look at it, because, you know, Ben had only 236 yards on the day, needed those completions for 21 out of 31 there. So, you know, every completion counts. Pat Freemuth is, you know, terrific. And I think, you know, I enjoyed seeing him in the post-game presser, um, well, not the, the press conference, but he was caught kind of like an around the stadium sort of piece, commenting outside the locker room after the game about his first you know, AFC North football um, matchup against the Ravens and what that was like and to play that at home. And, you know, I think it's just a taste for free moves of what's to come, but really exciting performance um, from him. He just continues, you know, his terrific season uh, there now for us, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I think it's great for, for Freemuth, you know, he's still only on 350 yards or so for the season, 43 receptions, six TDs. But I mean, as I say, I think, I think I did say it last week, and I do apologize, actually. I should pause and say I apologize for last week's show. I'd played with my microphone's positioning and a few of the settings, and it did not show up well, so I apologize. I, I understand that was a barely listenable uh, you know, podcast there. And I should also uh, flag that I'm also recording this on a Wednesday night rather than a Thursday night due to some personal commitments. Um, and so, you know, and also... You know, it's, this will go live to you guys on that Thursday before kickoff. So this is very much going to be part of your pregame sort of show. So get fired up. The Pittsburgh Steelers are, you know, going into Minnesota to get a win uh, and to move up, as I say, in the AFC standings and, and toward potentially even trying to, you know, get after the AFC North through a late run. Um so if there's other updates that come through on on, a, on Thursday morning, as always, or even the Wednesday in the US, uh, you know you need to you need to be aware. I'm recording this overnight, your Tuesday night, um, my Wednesday evening. But yeah, let's get back to the Pittsburgh Steelers' rookies' performances against the Ravens. Uh, so you know we covered off you know Najee and Pat Freemuth there. 
I talk about the O-line. I bring that up because you think about Clayus Campbell with his one sack. The O-line, you know, definitely played a bit better in this game uh, than what they have, in, in, I think, for a couple of weeks. So, you know, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore played, you know, uh, 100% of snaps for Kendrick Green, 98% of the offensive snaps for Dan Moore, 97% for Najee Harris. Dan Moore played 12% on special teams, which you'd expect. Freemuth played 73% of the snaps. So, again, Talks about how integral he is in the run, the run blocking game as well. Uh, Najee had a great pass block, um, you know, toward late in the game on Patrick McQueen. Najee was great. I think his pass blocking is, I'm not, you know, the best judge of, of, of blocking, but I can easily tell that he's improving uh, throughout the season. And that was great. You saw Cody White make it onto the field as well. Not that there was a massive contribution there, but when you look at that O-line, that, that was really important. Equally, you look at big press, Big Presley Harvin, the third, five punts, 217 yards, 43.4 average yards per punt. He had that terrific punt that somehow literally bounced almost backwards. I think it was on the the one one or two-yard line uh, there, but that was fantastic from him. They have Steelers have actually overnight brought in a, um, for my time, so Monday evening, my time, brought in a kicker um, and a punter. I think... If that's the case, I think it's maybe due to, you know, a potential a couple of injuries and giving the team, you know, some backups there and trusted backups. But uh, I don't expect there's hopefully there's nothing too wrong wrong with press, big press, um, or Boz for that matter. Uh, but big press also had a long on the day of 64, and he's had a really – I think he's having a great season too. Um, you know, not everything's perfect, but he's a rookie and he's a punter and – it's a position where we can save like a lot of cap. And, you know, this show likes to focus on cap in the off season um, and free agents and what have you. Punters, one where if you can get really good, you know, performances out of someone without having to break the bank, that's really important at the position. It's an easy place, you know, or an easy position, you know, I should say to find, you know, two to two to three million a year, um, you know, even, even the million or so that, you know, separates some of the these rookie guys, you know, from, you know, guys like Jordan Berry can be really important. Particularly dealing with the cap with the cap cuts we had this year. Now moving over onto the defensive side of the ball, Loudermilk played 16% of the snaps um, for 12 snaps. Interesting performance from him. I liked just saw you saw him chase down Lamar Jackson uh, to later on in the game. He only had one tackle in the game, but I did really enjoy that part, um, you know, of his performance. And I like that he does what he can to get after it. Uh Derek Tuska uh, played 15 snaps for 20% of those. Again, you know, you saw some interesting sets where he was on the field with Watt and with Highsmith, which I thought was was an interesting situation. He had two tackles on the day, so good on him. Uh, There, Cody White had a a tackle. I think that was through special teams um, as well. So when I'm just looking at that tackle count there, so that was interesting uh, from his perspective. Buddy Johnson played on special teams. Great to see that from Buddy Johnson. That's what we want to see um, alongside Mark Allen and, and Killebrew. But the point being with Buddy is that he got, got a game day helmet, um, played 72%, as I say, of those special team snaps. That's fantastic. We want him to continue coming along. We want him to continue developing. I think that's really important uh, there, you know, from, from his perspective. So excited. I'm, I'm hopeful that we can see a bit more out of him as the season rolls on as well. Uh, from that perspective. But I, th- I think for me, this performance, the best thing about it was that there was no rookie that really you sat there and said they played poorly. Uh, and I think that's really important from, 
if, if for those that managed to you know make it through uh the, the podcast that I did last week that was the big point about that it was that there was just that there needed to be a step up from so many people there needed to be you know a real recognition from these rookies that they had to really deliver some value they needed to provide us as fans with something to rave about and i think you know that's something that we can say this week is that there was healthy contributions. I mean, obviously you don't win this game without Najee. You know, if those O-line guys up front don't block, you know, that's a real problem for Ben who had a quarterback rating of 111 on the day. Mark and I covered this on on War, um, on Touchdown Under this week as well, that Ben's rating's been consistently going up for about five to six weeks. That was really important when you think about how many times Lamar Jackson was sacked, which was seven times, uh, and couldn't do a lot with the football. Like Rashad Bateman had one target, you know, their rookie um, on him, and he can make a difference. Like Sammy Watkins, you know, only, you know, just over a handful of targets. Devin Duvernay, three targets. They had to constantly go to their safety net and Mark Andrews, who only caught four from nine, and obviously the important, um, you know, two-point conversion that he missed. I said to a couple of people I felt he was battling an injury. But at the same time, the Steelers shut it down. And that's what's something that we should be really proud of this week when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers' performance, and particularly the rookies. And we're starting – and what I was talking about last week was really this piece around – and apologies for those that did, you know, sort of sit through there. You haven't hear a bit of a repeat of it. But we have asked so much of our draft picks this season, more than we probably do in many other years, particularly when you think of a train Norwood, who I did forgot to mention before, you know, who played uh, 18% of the snaps with 13 snaps. You know, we've got key, a key – it's a key special teams role in punter. Presses, big press is doing it, as I said before. You've got Norwood being a really important, you know, depth piece or flex player, if you like, you know, in the secondary. You've got Isaiah Loudermilk, who should be redshirting or maybe the third in the depth chart, you know, playing, you know, up to that, um, you know, third to second piece in that depth chart. You know, Nor- Norwood had four tackles this week, uh, you know, really important contribution there. Derek Tutska, he probably thought he was going to be sitting on a practice squad, if anything. He's having to play, you know, alongside, you know, guys with the expectation of Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt for a franchise that's had those guys and people like, you know, Joe Green and, um, you know, Elsie Greenwood and Lamar Woodley and, you know, um, Kevin Green and, you know, I, I could go on. But the, the point being is that we are asking a lot of these guys. Then you're starting running back, your star, you know, tight end, all rookies. Your left tackle, a rookie. Your center, a rookie. You know, and that's where, as I say, really proud this week that they all stepped up. And it's going to be a week-to-week proposition. That's what this team is. They don't have the talent to be outside of that. Jeffrey Benedict's talked a lot about that, you know, through the different shows. But equally, you know, we've had injuries, which is the other problem with that. And that's the nature of rookies. Uh, and so, and we don't have we don't have a quarterback that's young. We've got a quarterback that's older that needs to be protected that can't you know extend plays like he used to as well. That means that people have to be clinical. They have to work um, you know really hard to make sure that they they get everything right, and not drop catches like Deontay Johnson did. And that's not a slide on him. He had a terrific game, eight from eleven, one hundred and five yards, um, and two TDs, which Marky D predicted he'd have two TDs and said he'd go over one hundred and fifty. Um, so swap some digits around there. But my point being is that, you know, with when these rookies, have, as I say, have to step up 
And we can't walk away from this game thinking, hey, they didn't do enough. And that's the best thing about it. That's the best thing about this week. They made meaningful contributions. The Steelers got the win. AFC North football. I think it was obviously really great that we had that against that game against the Ravens at home first. I think that helps us later on in the season. But this team will continue to grow. This O-line will continue to get this experience. And let's see, you know, what they can do. But with that, we're going to take a break here on Steelers Warren. Join me for part two. We're going to look at the Vikings. We're not going to probably get any time for draft picks this week. I really want to focus on the matchup, given it's a short week, give you a shorter podcast, something you can listen to as part of the preview um, to it. And as I say, as I said last week, we're going to have a lot of time to do preview some players. I didn't actually talk through anyone last week. I really gave a honest appraisal of where the Steelers were sitting and previewed a lot of Ravens rookies. Um, so, when it comes to next week, I'll make sure that we, we've definitely got a lot more draft picks to cover off as well. Uh, but we're going to have, you know, a couple of games there that we need to, both this game to look back on um, and then also the, the the Ford game to look forward on, uh, which will be the Titans, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, so, yeah, but look, join me for part two and let's, let's have a preview of the, all these, you know, Minnesota Vikings rookies. Back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2021 and beyond. And we're there at six, five, and one. We're there. We're in it. We're in the hunt for the seventh seed. Who knows what we can pull out of the bag uh, to put a late run on the AFC North as well. So look, as we always do, we like to preview the Steelers rookies in their pro- in their prior performance in part one of the show. And then in pa- at the end of part one, early part two, if not all of part two, we look at the upcoming matchup. And that's today's game by the time this goes live against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, the five and seven Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. So the first player on the list we're going to look at is the Minnesota Vikings fourth round pick overall in this year's NFL draft. That's running back Kene Nwangu. Um, I think it is how you, how you pronounce it properly, but he's played in six games, four rushes, 16 yards, one TD. Uh, he's had two receptions of three targets for four yards. So not a crazy comp- contribution there. He's played, of the offensive snaps so far this season, 26% of the special team snaps. He's number 26 uh, there out of Iowa State. Look for him to, say, contribute on special teams, but, you know, that'll be about what we can expect there from from Kene, number 26. Let's move on to Kellen Mond, the quarterback that, you know, I think even the Steelers were linked with at one point out of Texas A&M. Third round pick for the Vikings. Some people thought he'd be playing right now. You know, that Kirk Cousins would have had it after a poor year last year. No, Kirk Cousins, as we said at the start of the show, is having a great year, um, which has meant that Kellen Mond's not been able to find the field. So there's no stats to sort of preview with him, but it goes back to these 25 touchdowns, three interceptions, and an interception rate of only 5.4% on all these passes for Kirk Cousins. So I think it's 3,353 yards he's thrown for as well. Uh, 
this season. So he's having a great year. Um, I think some of us predicted that the Steelers would walk away with this one because they'd be playing Kellen Mond. But hey, they're getting a chance to redshirt Kellen Mond. He's a guy that doesn't not have talent. Uh, this could be a guy to watch for them in seasons to come. But as always, if they get sacked seven times, you never know. You just never know. And then out of Iowa, you've got Imir, um, Ymir Smith-Marset, a wide receiver. Someone, some team, you know, there was some pundits that were sort of saying, would he be a, you know, a bit of a Swiss Army knife receiver running back? Um, he's a wide receiver, six foot one, 185 pounds. He's a pretty fast guy too uh, there. So, you know, with a 4.4340 yard time, he's played 5% of the offensive snaps this season for the Minnesota Vikings, 12% of the special team snaps. He's played in four games so far. The last game of that was in uh, week eight against Dallas, where he had one target for one reception, which he caught. Obviously, there with the one reception um, off 11 snaps that he's played, you know, and doesn't have a touchdown on the season yet. That's not to say he can't get one now. He's been returning kicks as well uh, on the not punts. Um, he's position number 15. He's returned four kicks on the season for 83 yards. Um, you know, so he's averaging there about 20.8 yards as well. So, look, he's a depth piece for them, a guy that's going to develop over time. Uh, you know, he was drafted there in the fifth round, 157th overall, as I say, out of Iowa. You know, he's a fast guy, so you never know what the scheme is going to mean uh, when it comes to him. And they could really look to take advantage, you know, of our average linebacker play, which does look to be improving somewhat. Devin Bush looked like he was doing a few good things back in the last week's game. But yeah, they could look to take advantage of that. As we said just before, Kirk Cousins is having a great season. That might mean that they, you know, try to scheme some things up to catch this Steelers defense off guard. Next player on the list, uh, and he played last week. He played, you know, only three defensive snaps, but he did play last week and he doesn't play on special teams. But we're looking at Patrick Jones, the second defensive lineman out of your Pittsburgh Panthers, the local Panthers, uh, drafting the third round, 19th overall. That might have been high for some people where they were thinking, but 6'4", 264 pounds there, as I say, out of Pittsburgh Panthers, number 93, uh, no sacks on the season so far three, four combined tackles, one solo, three assists. He's played 11% of the defensive snaps on the season, so he's a depth defensive line piece for them. Uh, 1% of the special team snaps. Uh, you know, 40-yard time of 4.85, pretty decent for a guy of his size um, in, the, in the draft. Again, he's someone that you might see them scheme up against the Steelers, try to put some pressure on Big Ben, particularly with that speed and that size. Um, but, you know, he's probably not going to get the start you know, in this week's game, but someone to watch there, number 93, particularly of those who, as I say, are Pittsburgh Panthers fans. The next guy on the list, who I know Bad and I were definitely across, drafted in the third round. Again, I thought that, you know, uh, it was a good position for him to be drafted. His linebacker, Chaz Surratt, um, again, someone that some people thought might end up, you know, or was certainly linked to the Steelers, I think, at some points. But six foot two, 233 pounds out of um, North Carolina there. You know, he's played only on special teams this season where he's played a minimum of a third of the snaps, if not, you know, 60% of the snaps in week 13 and week 10. He's position number 41, 4.58, 40-yard uh, uh, time. So on the, on the slower side, more of the, the, the run stuffer there, you know, type speed, but, 
you know, and he's sort of weight as well. You know, usually those guys are expected to do a bit of coverage. Again, he's someone that may play in certain schemes. Um, if he can get the hat for the day or get the helmet, um, this is probably the right analogy. But someone to watch out for if you do see him on the field number 41, just like uh, uh, Robert Spillane is number 41. Then you got Wyatt Davis, guard, out of uh, drafting the third round as well. So they had a lot of third-round picks in Minnesota. They did a few trades, um, you know, but out of Ohio State, the Ohio State, as they like to say, uh, you know. And so with him, he's played weeks one, weeks two, week three, week six, week 10, uh, and it's all been on special teams there. So, you know, no offensive snaps on the season so far for him. He's a depth piece, but, you know, with this Steelers defense, with Cam Haywood ruining people's careers the way he's playing this year, fine. You know, maybe he does see some action. He's number 51, like our Trey Turner. Uh, they're young guy, 22, so they're developing him, which is a good thing for anyone. Uh, he's a big bloke, six foot four, 315 pounds. Uh, so, I could see this guy making um, making some contributions depending on how they're going, uh, you know, from that side of things. Next, you've got another guy out of Pittsburgh. Uh, he was taken in the sixth round. I was hoping the Steelers might get him in the end. He sort of fell away toward the end of the season there, and I think COVID didn't help. Um, and I say fall, fell away, you know, in the college season. He's, an, he's a non-football-related injury reserve, so I think he's out for the full year. He had an incident uh, in the offseason where he was shot up um, I think he was in a, either in a car or in a house. I can't remember correctly, uh, but that, that was a you know really uh, unfortunate situation. But in in many ways, it's very fortunate that he's still alive after he suffered multiple gunshot wounds. I think he had one through the leg. I think he had one in the torso as well. Um, that's that's some pretty major situations there. Uh, you know when you when you're shot up like that, but. But look, the, the great thing for him is, is that he's alive. He's, you know, the team didn't cut him. They knew that, you know, it wasn't, you know, down to his uh, fault. He was one of four people shot while in DC as well. Yeah, so his arm, buttocks, leg and shoulder. But I think it was in the thigh that he got shot um, through the leg. But, you know, as I say, very lucky for him. Uh, but worth previewing because, again, for those that are Pittsburgh Panthers fans, you'd be very aware of what he can do um, there. Then we look at Janaris Robinson, defensive end, six foot five, 260 pounds, drafted in the fourth round, 134th overall out of Florida State. Um, birthday a couple of couple of days difference from mine. He hasn't played uh, you know, this season so far. Um, so you know, that's sort of that's sort of sitting there from that perspective. You know, he's on a four-year contract, someone that can develop. He's not really had the hat. I can't see him getting a hat this week unless there's a particular situation there for, you know, with him, um, you know, but, but, but we'll see on the day, you know, whether, whether there's anything, you know, to that uh, when it comes to Janarius Robinson. And the next player we're going to preview is Jordan Scott, defensive tackle. Not much to say about him. He hasn't played on the season so far either. So there's another one, uh, six foot one, 326 pounds, fairly big bopper out of Oregon, uh, undrafted. But, you know, he's a guy, you know, there that you might get mentioned, but that's probably what you're going to see out of him. But again, I always make sure that I mention every rookie so you know where that's sitting if you've heard anything or anything about the team um, at different points. So the next one I'm going to hit you with, we've got to preview someone in the last few picks, is their first round draft pick, Christian Darasaw, drafted just before we drafted Najee Harris, someone that people were hoping would fall to the Steelers. If he did, 
you know, would he sit there with the Steelers drafting? You know, he's one of the best uh, rookie offensive linemen this year. I know from a PFF side of things, six foot five, 315 pounds, been playing some pretty good football as well. Played in week four, five, six, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 um, as well there. He's played a lot of the, anytime he's taken the field, you know, he's played a lot of the, the majority of the offensive snaps with a season low of 42%, season high of 100% in five games uh, as well. He's played about, about between 15 and, and 18% of the, you know, special team snaps as well, which you'd expect. He's had a fumble recovery. That's a highlight. He's uh, number 71. So six starts from eight games of the season, which isn't bad. Uh, he's played 78% total overall offensive snaps, 15% average um, or 15% of the season total for special teams as well. He's only had one penalty this season so far. That was a holding penalty. You can imagine if he does get some time this week, he might... Well, no one calls penalties against TJ Watts. Maybe he won't get called for one, uh, but you could imagine that he might fall, you know, or, um, you know, might fall victim to having to try that tactic to slow down a burgeoning TJ Watt, how he could not be considered for the MVP title. I don't know, particularly if he breaks the sack record. That's got to be more important than throwing 4,500 yards as a quarterback, surely. Sure, they can give it to a defensive guy. Um, but yeah, looking there for Christian Darasol, great pick for them. Going to be a mainstay of their offensive line for the years to come. Uh, you know, and some people will be sad we didn't get him as Pittsburgh Steelers, but we needed help for Ben this year. And some people say we needed help blocking for him. You know, it can be sometimes easier to go with tried and true experience at the position in the NFL. And Najee is doing a fantastic job, um, or Naj, as big, big Ben likes to call him. Next guy on the list is another guy that's played in eight games. Uh, tackled Blake Brandle, uh, drafted in the sixth round overall a year ago, um, but he's popped up for me, uh, you know, this year because he's you know played in eight games. So it's you know, whilst he wasn't a drafted rookie, um, in many ways it's his rookie season. Six foot seven, big boy, big boy, tall timber, uh, three hundred and fifteen pounds. There played in weeks one, two, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. But all on, mostly on special teams. Uh, he's played less than 10% of the offensive snaps in any game so far. He's only played 4% of the season total so far. And then on special teams, he's played an average of 15% of those uh, special team snaps for the full season, getting as high as 19% in week two and as low as uh, 11% in weeks 12 and 13. Number 64, again, He's a depth piece guy. So, you know, if they're the offensive line is struggling, if there's injuries, you might see him come in uh, for a couple of guys there. Maybe they put Wyatt Davis before him, given draft pedigree. Uh, but it's an interesting one there. As I say, drafted sixth round overall out of Oregon State. What you can see, though, is that the Minnesota Vikings are getting a lot of depth across that offensive line. That's really helpful from those young guys. Christian Darasaur, as I say, getting the start. You've got Wyatt Davis in there. You've got Blake Brandle there in there. You develop over the next couple of seasons. That's a really, really great uh, draft strategy there from Mike Zimmer and the team of the Minnesota Vikings of getting healthy and getting younger, um, you know, and finding guys that can do it and who can spend money on other positions. And the final draft pick to look at is uh, Cameron Bynum, six foot out of safety, 200 pounds out of California, drafted in the fourth round, 125th overall. That's a nice number there. Uh, played in weeks one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, 10, and 11. Uh, you know, and so I think seven, they had their bye. 
Uh, he's played 100% of the defensive snaps in week nine and week uh, 11. Uh, so that's a real plus for him. Uh, sorry, weeks nine and weeks 10. And then he played 10% last week. He's played in most games of this season, a minimum of 60% of the special team snaps. So he's played 54% of those overall um, for the season and 25% of the defensive team snaps overall. He's number 43, like our Troy Palomalu, our, our legend, inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, th- this year. He's allowed only 50% completion on the six targets that have been thrown toward his way this season so far. Uh, he's had one interception from those six targets, which isn't bad. He's only allowed 16 yards um, in pass coverage as well. No TDs, uh, which is really helpful. Uh, so, you know, pretty good from him. Yak yardage, he's allowed 17. Uh, he's been on five blitzes, has one sack, one pressure. He's not missed a tackle, which is pretty good for rookie safety, uh, who's played, as I say, almost, or he's played a quarter of the defensive snaps and 100%, you know, against Baltimore and 100% against the Chargers too. Uh, so that's pretty good from him. Uh, and that's where he got his sack on, on Herbert. So well done uh, there to Cameron Bynum. He's, he's a, that's a great, like, if you think about a fourth rounder, and I know we, we're doing well with Trey Norwood, that's a really great, uh, contribution from a fourth round safety in, in this league and in the way they like to use them. They've got guys like Harrison Smith, um, you know, and Patrick Peterson playing for them too. So, you know, really great performance from him. But look, that wraps up this week's Steelers War Room. Enjoy the game this afternoon. Tried to keep it short and sweet. Uh, really want you guys to know, you know, what to expect from the rookies. Look, I think Dan Moore's going to have a great game. I think Kendrick Green's going to continue to develop, you know, to develop and, and show that he's improving. Freemuth, touchdown today. Najee breaks 100. Uh, I think he goes on a plus 35-yard run. Bring it home. Trey Norwood, can he get an interception? He's so close. He had that great onside kick, um, you know, last week that I forgot to mention when we looked at him. But we'll have to see in a few hours' time. And as always, go Steelers.